The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about a hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and you're going to see two videos up there. The one on the left is Bradley's show from Saturday, two hours worth of Bradley Dean. So if you missed that, you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. And on the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow up whatever device you got there, and then look for the rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Got a lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning, you guys, to see you in the chat. You can join those guys over in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's the channel. Uh, Please subscribe to that. Uh, We're on every morning. 6 a.m. Eastern Time, and then Bradley's on in the afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern. And that is if Rumble doesn't mess things up for us, (laughs) because usually that's the problem. Uh, Get things set, and there's there's some problems there. I don't know why, but there is. Uh, In any case, we are over there. We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. We appreciate those guys giving us uh, access to their audience as well, and uh, grateful to God for that. And I pray that the Lord will use that because I got to tell you, there's some there's some cats over there that that they they need their they need their thoughts about God straight now. <laughs> Just say some of the folks and uh, and we're glad God's put us over there, hopefully to to do just that. All right. Uh, right up under where we're uh, streaming live is we can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, please do that. You go. It goes out once a day around seven o'clock. And. Um, so yeah, we uh, sign up for that, and you'll get all of the art, all of the uh, articles that we have, and the morning show archive as well. Uh, that's contained in there. So anything that we talk about today, all that'll be linked up in that. And then finally, if you want to support us, you want to help keep us out there doing what we're doing. There's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we appreciate your support in doing that. Now. I do have the phone lines open, okay? So if you want to call and you want to comment, we're, we're on this topic today. It's not going to be on what we've been on for several weeks now, uh, but we're going to be on this topic. But if you have 
something you want to you want to call in, you got a comment or a question or something for our guest, then the number is 803-619-9855. 803-619-9855 and uh keep in mind this is a personal Google voice number. So if you call after the show is over, okay? I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't turn it on. I don't have it on. It's only good while the show is going. Okay. So if you want to call in while we're live, please do so. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Today we've got sort of a, a good report, if you will. And those are all too rare now, but they're very encouraging when you hear them. And uh, we've had Jesse Boyd on. You, you know him. He's the guy who walks across the country with the cross on, on his shoulder. And uh, we had him on, I don't know, a couple of months ago, him and his family. And uh, they talked about what had went on in Montana. You you heard, uh, you saw the video, how the cops conspired against him and his family. Um, you, you see, you could definitely see the lies that were being told about them. And then we brought him back on for a little update. And this, he called me last, or he sent me a text last week. He said, hey, we got this. We, we're back out in Montana, uh, right in the same place they, they left. And uh, so I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to let him share all the good news. We're going to share some pictures this morning. Uh, but it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Jesse Boyd. Good morning, man. Good morning, Tim. It's a little early out here in Montana, but I'm honored to be with you again this morning. Well, we appreciate you getting up, man. I mean, uh, you got up to be with us, and uh, and it's it's really early out there. It's it's like what uh, four o'clock for you? Yes. Yep. Four o'clock. So okay. So we the I think the last we heard from you was that they were going to be doing some stuff like um, they were going to be looking at your case and things like this, and all that hasn't transpired yet, right? That that all that's not done and over with just yet. No, there's a trial date that's been set for November, okay. a year after this event occurred. So much for a speedy trial by jury in America. But uh, we've had some developments. Uh, it's very obvious that uh, there was there's selective prosecution involved, and you know, flat out religious discrimination against us. We were assaulted for carrying a cross and arrested simply because we were Christians. And so our attorneys have filed a motion for dismissal based upon selective prosecution and have made it abundantly clear that never in the history of the state of Montana has there been a case where discrimination against us because of our faith uh, has been so evident. And so those motions are before the court. Um, uh, the judge has not ruled on that yet. Um, but really, this case should have been dismissed. These charges should have been dropped yesterday. And uh, the taxpayers' money and the time and other things involved with the court uh, really shouldn't be wasted over something this ridiculous and this stupid. A man has a right to defend himself in the state of Montana and in the United States. And uh, if the same thing were to happen again uh, uh, tomorrow as I walk a highway with my cross, so I would act precisely in the same manner to protect myself and my family. And uh, maybe I won't be so nice about it next time. You know, as a preacher and one who loves Jesus, I try to act with great restraint. The Bible says to let everything we do be done with moderation. And so what happened last November, I praise God none of us were injured. I praise God we were able to act with restraint. And a man who told us our kind wasn't welcome in Montana uh, 
was able to escape with a bloody nose and he didn't get injured either. So uh, we have a right to defend ourselves uh, and this shouldn't be litigated in a court of law. It's a waste of time for the state of Montana and for the judge and for any jury involved or even and even in even us as well. But uh, yeah, we've uh, we're just kind of sitting here uh, letting things play out. Um, and we've decided to restart our walk and we have the weather's finally warmed up enough to where we can put a cross back on the shoulder and continue our uh, walking journey to the Pacific Ocean. So by God's grace, last weekend, that walk resumed and we've logged another 36 miles. We're still in Madison County and we're gradually making our way north and west. And you've got a lot of support. Check this out, guys. This is just a portion of the people who came out when you guys uh, started started your walk again, right? You, you, can you tell us what that was like when you got back out there? And what did you say? There was more than 100 people there that came to meet you and they were uh, very supportive of what you're doing there. You want to tell people about what you experienced yeah, there was about a hundred people that joined us at the spot we resumed. There was some drama that preceded that. We had planned to resume on May the 13th, Saturday morning, and some local people had reached out to me to help organize something. There were folks who wanted to support this, to come alongside and escort us for our safety, and to host uh, a spaghetti dinner there in the town of Ennis that night. So I just, you know, said, Hey, I want to come out and walk and be obedient to the Lord and continue this journey that we committed to complete. And I'm, I'm your humble servant, whatever you guys want to do, we're, we're willing to participate and to assist and anybody is welcome to come walk with us. So these things were being planned. And at the last minute, about three or four days before we were scheduled to start, the uh, prosecution in this case, the assistant attorney general and the county prosecutor who worked for the state of Montana, the attorney general, Austin Knudsen, who fancies himself a great proponent of the Second Amendment and of the Constitution, they attempted to file arrest warrants with the court asking the judge to have us arrested the moment that we set foot in Madison County. And so they wanted our bond revoked and they wanted me put back in jail simply because I was going to come out there and do what the judge encouraged us to do back on January the 23rd at our arraignment. He encouraged us to continue our missionary work and said, just don't go on the man's property. And we had no uh, interest in doing that. The problem, however, is that we had a right, as far as I saw it, to continue our walk from the very point it was sabotaged. And we were attacked and assailed by this maniac at a crossroads, US-287 and Cameron Junction. And I wasn't going to move up the road and skip something. We hadn't skipped a single stone's throw from Cape Hatteras, North Carolina. We were going to resume from the point we were assailed. And those prosecutors didn't want us coming in the county. They wanted us arrested. They had typed up a fancy little arrest warrant and asked the judge to sign it. And so there was some drama. It was to a point, brother, that I was willing to get arrested and thrown in jail uh, if need be. Uh, we had a right to enter that county and continue our mission work. And we were not going to succumb to that tyranny. 
I wasn't going to ask that of my daughter or of Eric or Carter, the others involved. But thankfully, uh, the judge intervened. Our attorneys hadn't even had a chance to file a response. And yet the judge intervened on Friday morning, uh, or it may have been Thursday morning. He intervened and issued an order and basically told those prosecutors to go pound sand. Um, he affirmed that we had a right to continue our mission work and to pass by uh, this man's property on the highway. And all he asked is that we would not congregate or stop in front of this man's business or his property to intimidate him. And we had no reason or desire to do that anyway. And so we considered it a victory. Um, we considered it a victory to see the judge in his order emphasize that the correct vernacular with reference to our attacker is not victim, it's quote unquote alleged victim. And so I was encouraged to see that. And it was encouraging to see a judge acknowledge what he had already said from the bench earlier and to affirm our First Amendment freedom to assemble and to travel. And so that's what we did. We honored his request. We started about a mile back at a Bureau of Land Management pull-off along the Madison River, and about 100 people came out to join us. And we began our walk north, and we passed right by the junction where we were attacked. We passed right by the Dream Drift Motel, which is owned by the man who attacked us. There were a couple of people out front filming <laughs> us from the motel, and uh, but we passed by peacefully. And we walked all the way into Ennis that first day. That night, uh, we had a spaghetti dinner that was provided for us at the local fire hall. They fed about 60 people. And uh, we had a great day. Saturday, we walked all the way out of Ennis to the top of the pass above town. And then Sunday, we continued on into, uh, or Monday, we, or Sunday, we can, I'm sorry, Sunday, we walked to the top of the pass. Monday, we uh, took a little break. And then Tuesday, we walked on into Virginia City to the courthouse and walked right past the Madison County Sheriff's Department and uh, on outside of town to Nevada City. So we covered about 36 miles. And there's a good group of people with us each day. Uh, we had folks that came from North Carolina. Two vans of people came from my neck of the woods. We had some folks come from Mississippi. Um, we had folks from uh, all over Montana, a lot of local folks, people from Wyoming, uh, California, Nevada, various places. A lot of folks I didn't know uh, from Adam, and we were just uh, humbled. We had neighbors of the individual who attacked us that came out and walked uh, that entire distance the first day. There was a local. So Jesse, uh, let me let me ask you something about that. You're saying you had people from different states coming over. Uh, did they come out there just to walk with you guys, just to encourage you, or did they just happen to be in the area? No, they came out for that purpose. Wow, that's in, awesome. In fact, I don't I don't know if you are familiar with the story. They they call them the eleven. Uh, there's actually about twenty of them total now that have been arrested and the federal government has filed face charges against them for simply singing hymns uh, in an abortion mill in what? Tennessee. Uh, this was a big story that came up uh, some time ago. It was an example of the 
the Department of Justice really going after uh, those that stand uh, in the gap for unborn children in this country. And they're facing, some of these folks are facing some pretty serious charges from the federal government. And there were, there was uh, some of those actually made the journey, some of those people from Mississippi all the way to Montana to stand with us. And they're facing much, a much more difficult situation. And so I was just honored to walk alongside other brethren who are facing persecution Amen. far worse than us here in America. That, that, that honored me greatly. Um, my wife was with me, my children, Eric's family, uh, his little children. He carried his young daughter on his shoulders as we passed by. And, and I was just my son, Josiah, the one who was treated so badly uh, by those uh, sheriff's deputies, the one that was so traumatized that day. Uh, he wanted to come out to Montana and uh, a brother from our church made him a little mini cross to carry. And I got to say, I'm proud of Josiah. Those three days, he walked every single mile. That young man walked 36 miles that weekend That's awesome. and uh, I could tell when we passed right by the sheriff's department uh, I could tell he was traumatized and I could see that PTSD type uh, reaction but he put his uh, uh, hand to the plow and didn't turn back and I'm just so proud of him and uh, it was just an honor to walk hand in hand with my wife and, and both of my daughters Bethany and her fiance walking together, Eric and his wife and children, and then local people from there in Madison County. I got to tell you, Tim, there's some good people in that county. Uh, and this past weekend, uh, when this resumed, uh, not this last, but the weekend before, you know, I was blessed to see nightmares associated with a place in America uh, evolve into fond memories. And so my connection with Madison County is no longer nightmare tyranny. It's um, a blessed weekend of preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, fellowshipping with the saints, and meeting people and being encouraged by locals who uh, are infuriated at the in the tyranny of this matter. Um, yeah. Jesse, let me, let me interject here. Cause I want to, I want to, I do want to go to uh, this, this part here where you're talking about these opportunities, because some people may say, Oh, well, you're just walking across, you know, the country and you got this cross on your back, but, but what does that really do? Well, I, from what I've seen, cause I'll tell you when I first heard it, I thought, well, yeah, what is this going to do? But it opens up all kinds of opportunities. And obviously this other issue is an issue of persecution uh, to it, it, I like to say it, not that you're tempted, but you're, you're being tested. You're being shown to be who, what your mouth says is shown to be in your actions. And God does do those things. We've been talking about that quite a bit uh, in, in seeing how Bible prophecy has been fulfilled and what Christ did to fulfill it and to become king. Um, but, you know, you're talking about your son. Uh, I just want to interject a couple of these scriptures, and then I want to ask you about this this uh, opportunity you had there in uh, Montana. Second John 1, 4 says, 
I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. And as we have received a commandment from the father. So when you're speaking about your son, you know, I often look at my children and, and I say, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that even in spite of me not doing things exactly perfect, that I'm dependent upon the grace of God. That's not to say that to justify where I fail, but it is to give glory to God that he's the one who does the work in them. Also, the people coming out, walking alongside you, those brethren that's been persecuted. What does it say? Galatians 6.10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, but especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And then I, I thought about these two. These were some that I was bringing up. And again, this would be for people when I talk about the difference between interpretation and application. Clearly, this is talking, if we interpret this, Jesus is talking to the disciples in both of these these passages, but there's application for us. And as he sent them out uh, to preach the gospel, to heal and uh, you know do all the things that they did, notice what Luke 10 says, verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now, don't get all excited just because the devils are there, because what, what do we see that Jesus says on the day of judgment? He looks at some people are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we preach? Your name? Didn't we cast out devils? Mm -hmm. Don't 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 get all excited about that. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And he tells them the same thing. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all all, all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And I'm going to finish up with this, and we're going to look at this story here. I want you to tell us a little bit about what went on there. This is Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission. This is in, in its fullness, and I want people to get it. Because some people today, Jesse, they still think, well, Satan's running the show. He's running everything. Not true. Jesus came and spake unto them, that's his disciples, saying, all power is given unto me. Does he say Satan? No, he says it's unto me. In heaven and in earth. Get that in your, get that in your hearts, believers. I mean, he, he has power in heaven and earth. All power, not some not relegated to a particular area. He's got all power in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. He didn't say, go and tell them to ask Jesus in your heart. He said, teach them all things to observe whatsoever I commanded you. Everything that I've commanded you, you're to teach. And lo, I am all I'm with you always, even until the end of the world or the end of the age, when they close out that old covenant age, he establishes kingdom and all. He says, Amen. So you've been faithful in doing that. You've seen the Lord's hand working in that. And then you sent me this. This was kind of interesting. Uh, this is from Montana First News. Uh, and they've got you right on the front. Did they give you your own float here? Did these guys put together a float for you? Is that what they did? Well, this past weekend here in Miles City, Montana, which is about four and a half hours east of where we were walking, there was a large event that's world famous and it's well known here in Montana called the Bucking Horse Sale. It's a horse sale and it's a weekend event that involves uh, a street fair 
and concerts and of course a horse sale but there's a parade on saturday morning here in miles city that it usually is attended by people uh in state government and usually the governors here and there are some believers here in miles city that heard about our situation a while back and they reached out to me and i did a podcast with them and we've stayed in touch ever since and they wanted uh to raise awareness uh, about this injustice in the local parade and so they applied for a place in the parade and i just let these folks handle it i didn't have any part i said you just tell me where to be and when to show up and so we came out here to miles city and were able to to meet and fellowship with some believers that we didn't know from a can of paint before this happened and just more relationships that have blossomed from this and there was a large sign or billboard that has accompanied us since we started walking it was donated by other people i don't know who and it was put together here in montana and it just is pretty clear missionaries uh, assaulted and arrested by corrupt madison county deputies and there's a large image on that billboard that shows my 12 year old son with his hands up on the side of the highway and guns drawn on him and so you know hey it is what it is. It's truth. And it's been driven around Montana and to the state capitol. It followed us as we resumed our walk. Well, it had a place in the parade here in Miles City. And so uh, someone drove it over from western Montana. We rode the parade route. And uh, my objective was not to bring attention to myself out there. I keep trying to remind myself of what John the Baptist said in John chapter 3 concerning Jesus Christ and John's own ministry, John said he must increase, but I must decrease. And so we just want to make Jesus famous. We don't want to make ourselves famous. And so it was a great opportunity. We were kind of positioned toward the end of the parade and we stood on this trailer and the entire parade route, I just cranked up my half mile hailer and preached Christ uh, from Philippians chapter two. And so we gave out candy to the kids and talked about Jesus and gave out gospel tracts. And there was a strange hush that came over the crowd and a great open door to declare the gospel, the death, burial and resurrection of the Jesus of Jesus Christ. And then we preached in the nearby park and no one bothered us. We were given a great open door. Many gospel tracts went out this past weekend in Miles City. But something funny happened. And this poor guy, uh, I hope he's going to learn a lesson that it's not wise to drink and to to be drunk in the middle of the day. And if you're an elected official and you're in public, you probably better better watch your mouth and your conduct because someone's going to recognize you. And when they recognize you, they're going to make you famous. And so we had an elected official here in Montana that is from a western county heckle us and try to harass us uh, as we were preaching the gospel. He screamed at us to go home and told us we weren't welcome in Montana as we were progressing down the parade route with the float. And then later, as we were preaching, he screamed at us to go home that we weren't welcome and said that we were convicts and felons. And uh, it's is interesting. It, is it me, possible you can give the audience the name of this elected official since he is responsible to those people? This is a county attorney who was elected by the people of Beaverhead County, Montana, 
and his name is Jed Fitch. Uh, we've got him on tape. And uh, I just find it amazing because this elected official, I don't know him personally. I've never met him. I know Beaverhead County is out there near Madison County. And uh, it amazes me that someone who is elected to represent the court in a judicial system in which a man is innocent until proven guilty would publicly harangue us and call us convicts and felons when none of us have ever been convicted of a crime. I've never been convicted of anything. I've been falsely charged with felony assault for defending myself, but I've never been to trial. And this man is supposed to represent the state of Montana as an elected county attorney. And he's openly declaring that a man is guilty until he proves his innocence. And so it was defaming you by doing that, isn't he? Well, that's what I would say. I mean, I responded to him that, well, you know what, sir, I'll be a felon for Jesus. And that uh, he needed to repent for believing the lies and for repeating the lies. We have a right to walk down a road freely and to exercise our our uh, first amendment uh, freedoms and that we have a right to defend ourselves and uh he's not going to get an apology from me for that so you know we've got him on tape pointing his finger uh a body cam's great brother there was another uh preacher friend of mine who sent me a body cam after this happened and we've got the entire walk from the day we restarted uh, on tape and uh, everything's on tape and um, it's a great thing. So we were able to put it to use. And I just think that this official uh, needs to be held accountable for such uh, what I believe to be reprobate behavior. Uh, We, this attitude that outsiders aren't welcome in Montana. Well, Montana is the United States of America and the same rights and privileges that I have in North Carolina, my home state, I'm guaranteed in the state of Montana. And I just find it unbelievable that there's this attitude that you're not welcome here. In fact, um, that's the attitude that was communicated by the man who attacked us. He said, your kind isn't welcome in Montana. And Tim, I looked at my, my, my skin. I looked at his skin. I'm a white guy. He's a white guy. So when he says your kind, he's not talking about my race. Now, had I been Native American or Hispanic or black, then it would have been obvious what he was talking about. And we probably would have ended up in a shallow grave out there had we been Native American. That's just the facts. Um, Now, he was talking about your kind isn't welcome. Well, what distinguished me from him is that I was carrying a cross that day. And it was obvious we were Christians. And so according to the man who attacked us, we as Christians weren't welcome in Montana. Obviously, that's the attitude of the assistant attorney general and the prosecutor uh, prosecuting this case because they wanted us arrested if we came into Madison County, Montana. And so thankfully, there was a judge who slapped that down and who seems to be fair and who stands by his words from the bench. But there are elected officials in this state who do not believe outsiders are welcome. And if you've been charged with a crime, even though leaked body cam footage shows it to be a farce, in this man's mind, we're convicts and felons. And this guy represents the court. How could a man ever get a fair trial in Beaverhead County if the state prosecutor 
believes the man is guilty before he's been proven guilty. Well, that's how a lot of, but that's how a lot of people end up doing things. Now, uh, some people will say, well, Tim, haven't you referred to some people's criminal? Yeah, because the documentation shows it. We've got video of them saying things before. We talk about people like Joe Biden. We see that. It's right out in the front. In fact, he's telling on himself. He's confessing to his crimes. And yet people say, well, and I'm for giving him due process. That's fine. But I can see. I got eyes to see. I got ears to hear. He's confessing to his crimes until you call him on it. And then he'll go, oh, no, no, I didn't do this. But in your case, that's that's not what takes place. And and I think, boy, if you could get your attorneys to turn on this guy and call him out, maybe they might get that guy out of there, this corrupt guy who looks at things the direct opposite of the way the law is supposed to. I mean, even the law of God, it isn't that you just, you know, pick somebody out and say, you're guilty of this. Now we're going to either go, you're going to pay restitution or we're going to have a rock party with you. They don't just do that. There are witnesses that have two or three witnesses confirm the matter, Old and New Testament. Why? Because uh, Jesus is king and we're to submit to his authority in that. The two, two or three witnesses confirm the matter. And you haven't had any of that against you. And yet he has the audacity to use the term convict. Well, that, in, that implies you've been convicted of something which you haven't. Well, I think, you know, that was the alcohol talking. And I think if you are an elected official, particularly one uh, who represents the state in a court of law, then it's your responsibility to conduct yourself above reproach in public. And you're to be held to a higher standard. And it would kind of be like an officer of the court declaring uh, uh, someone guilty uh, that hasn't even been put on trial and are going to be involved in uh, uh, bringing that trial before a judge. So it's inappropriate. And uh, this man obviously doesn't know what he's talking about. And he lives, his office uh, happens to be in a town where one of the corrupt officers who mocked us as Christians lives. And so, you know, I found it odd that someone would say that on the complete other end of the state. But the unfortunate thing for him is that he used to live over here and people recognized him and knew exactly who he was. Uh, when he shouted at us from across the street. So the heckling we got that this past Saturday was very minute. And it came from this group of people associated with who is apparently the uh, county attorney on the western side of the state. And some of the women with him were just foul-mouthed. And it's like, you know what? It's to be expected, but it's just... What what kind of a show do they have going on here in Montana, Tim? I mean, going back to the beginning when this happened, uh, believers who found out about this story have called public offices, as we have a right to do, to air grievances with elected officials and in and, and, and government offices. They've been calling the Office of the Attorney General of Montana. They've been calling the court. They've been calling to express their concern about what transpired in Madison County. And going back to the very beginning, when, when folks would call the court on more than one occasion, the clerk of court who answered the phone and uh, entertained the phone calls made this comment. And this comment was made to numerous people. The missionaries will have an opportunity to prove their innocence 
in court. That's not your that's not your job. That's not your job. That was the statement made by the clerk of court. There in Madison County, and I'm thinking to myself, I can understand a citizen saying something like that. But if you work for the court and have any even an elementary understanding of American jurisprudence, then a man is innocent until he's proven guilty in a court of law. And uh, this idea that we have to prove our innocence in court is the diametric opposite of what the Constitution says. And I just find it fascinating that we are truly in an unconstitutional, lawless society where our pillars of government, our judicial system, openly speaks uh, contrary to not only our constitution and our laws, but uh, uh, the precedents that have been set by the court system and the legal system for the past 200 years. I mean, it's happened so fast. Yeah. And it's all been turned on its head. We know, Jesse, one of the things, uh, Bradley was speaking this to me before, and I've heard it from other people who've gone into some different court systems around the country, and that is they'll begin to reference what these guys are supposed to uphold as law. Uh, They're supposed to uphold it. Uh, They take an oath to do it. And yet they get into court and what happens that they start the, the, the people uh, trying to defend themselves. So, well, wait a minute, the law said, and they go, and Bradley told me this just the other week about a lady who was doing it. And, and the judge told her, if you mention the constitution again, in my courtroom, I'll hold you in contempt. (laughs) <laughs> I, I kid you not, I'm sitting here going, you've got to be kidding me. If that ever was, and this, I think this is why they don't want people recording things in the court in the courthouse. And I think the people are going to have to say, nope, you have no reason to tell us why we can't do that. That is protected. It's not a right given to us by the Constitution nor the First Amendment. It's the First Amendment was written to restrain you from doing such stupid things. We, right. You are accountable to us. We're not accountable to you. You're accountable to us. And if you're going to say stupid things like that, that needs to get out among the people so that they understand, hey, you go into this guy's courtroom. He's not upholding his oath. He's not there to protect you uh, from uh, allegations that are false. He's not there for that. He is there for himself and nobody else. And uh, I, I just I think it's a it's a huge problem. But that goes on a lot more than you might think. So let yes, me ask you, let me ask you this. Have you before this time, have you ever had to go to court for something like this? Anything that's even remotely related? And I'm not talking about did you have a traffic ticket or something like that? I'm talking about did you have anything where you're being accused of assault or anything like this before? I don't have a criminal record, Tim. Okay. Uh, there's been twice in my life, both times in North Carolina where I was arrested for distributing gospel literature on public property. One was in my home county of Catawba, North, Catawba County, North Carolina, uh, and one was down on the coast in Onslow County. And, and, and those are time, not illegal, are they? That's not illegal. No. And, and in both cases, Tim, an arrest was made uh, once on a Friday night, uh, several years later on a Saturday night, and by the middle of the next week, when these charges got to the desk of the district attorney, they were thrown in the garbage can. 
In the second case, the man in Onslow County, the DA down there, an honorable man, he called me on Wednesday of the next week and apologized for the behavior of those officers and told me to expect a refund check in the mail uh, by the beginning of the next week, uh, refunding the bond I had been forced to post. And so Amen. Those, are, those are my only interactions. Where my home county was concerned, it actually uh, worked together for good. The officer that arrested me that night is actually in federal prison today. Uh, he had a tyrant temper problem. And sometime after we were arrested, he um, confronted a woman over a parking violation. And it resulted in him actually throwing her to the ground and bashing her face into the curb. And so, you know, uh, I have, uh, that was the officer involved that night with our arrest and he's in federal prison now, thank God. So, uh, the Hickory police department in North Carolina, uh, actually educated themselves about first amendment freedoms as a result of that incident. And I got to tell you, brother, since that happened in 2008, I've had no greater ally in my hometown for our preaching and witnessing than the Hickory police department. And uh, in fact, the captain there is a friend of mine. And when I'm back in town uh, along this walk, we get together and share a cup of coffee and talk about how we can pray for each other and uh, talk about the state of things in our nation. So those are things that turn to good, but I've never, uh, been accused of a crime other than giving out gospel literature. And uh, I've, I haven't had a traffic ticket in probably 20, 25 years. And so I've never uh, even had to go to court. They tried to call me as a witness in a matter years ago where I observed someone else being assaulted in a restaurant and had to step in and come to that person's aid to restrain uh, uh, the, the criminal attacker, and they wanted me to appear as a witness. But I was serving the Lord on the foreign mission field and just told him, you know, I'm happy to give a statement, but I'm not coming home from Nepal to uh, be a witness in a case where the uh, situation was so obvious that you didn't even need my witness testimony. So those are, the, those are my only interactions uh, with the law, uh, brother, I've served the Lord overseas in more than 40 countries and we've preached the gospel when technically on the books, it's illegal to, uh, openly preach Jesus on the streets in places. We don't have first amendment freedoms. And I've been treated with more respect as a Christian missionary in some of these countries than I was here in Madison County. So a lot yeah. of this stuff is foreign to me. You know, you just assume that the court system works. You, and, and in a sense, I'll have to say there, there still are embedded protections in there. We saw that in our case here uh, two weekends ago. We had a prosecution that wanted us arrested for setting foot in Madison County, and they wanted our bond revoked, not based upon a violation of our release order, but based upon a potential violation. And so we actually had prosecution 
demanding we be arrested not for what we had done but for what we might do i mean it's complete east <laughs> german crazy. soviet tyranny yeah and these people work for an attorney general who boasts of himself who campaigned as a pro-constitution pro-family pro-life pro-second amendment candidate who speaks with the news media and says that america was founded upon christian ideals well, a Christian ideal is to preach Christ, and a Christian ideal is to defend your family. And so it's just an upside-down circus, but yet a judge put a quick end to that and affirmed our right to continue our missionary work. And so therein was a protection. Amen. And therein can, was can, a restraint. Would you would you do this? I mean, because look, I, you know, I asked you, well, can you can you give names of these people who or this guy who's heckling you, the bad guy? Let's let's give let's give a name for a judge who did the right thing here. What's the judge's name in the case? The judge that's uh, overseeing this case is a district judge by the name of Luke Berger. Okay, and props uh, to Luke Berger that, for that. From day one, he's shown himself to be fair. He seems to be a judge who values the law and what it says and who values transparency. Now, I don't know this man. I only know him based on the limited interaction that I've had in his courtroom so far. But he showed himself to be a man of honor and to be a man who... Uh, respects and understands the law and First Amendment freedom when he issued this order. Now, I've heard he's a fair judge, um, and he's given me no reason to think otherwise. And, you know, he asked us. I mean, he, he issued in the order that we were not to congregate or stop within 1,500 feet of this man's property for the purpose of intimidation and for our own protection. And I thought that was reasonable. Uh, we're not protesters, brother. I'm not a protester. I'm not, in, I'm not uh, interested in the work of intimidation. We're preachers and we're Christians. And when men don't want to hear the message, we'll dust our feet and That's we'll right. move on somewhere else. That's right. And so uh, we're not uh, involved or interested in intimidation. We're interested in seeing men get right with the Lord. And when men get right with the Lord, the problems in this country will uh, be remedied. Yeah, that's right. And, um, Preach that. So, that's you know, exactly right. we felt like that was a reasonable order. We were encouraged to see him emphasize that the, the attacker, and make mo no mistake, the man who pulled up cursing and got out of his vehicle, reaching for something and running at me, he's the attacker. He's the criminal here. Uh, but for purposes of, uh, you know, the way things work in the court, you know, he's been referred to by the prosecution as the victim. He was referred to uh, by the original uh, justice court judge as the victim. And to this district court judge's credit, he affirmed in this order that the correct vernacular with regard to this man is not victim. It's alleged victim. And so I was encouraged to see that that revealed a fair minded person. And so I, I, we do still our, our system of justice in this country is under assault. It is definitely crumbling because our foundations 
have been assailed, but yet the system is strong enough that there still remains restraint. And I, I believe that uh, uh, that showed itself and gave me great encouragement. Um, yeah. And uh, our founders erected a system that is strong and it is crumbling and we're losing it, but it's not a house of cards. It's a strong fortress and even a strong fortress can be assailed and battered to the ground and it's being battered, but it takes some work to bring it down. And there's still enough light left that uh, there is hope. Um, you know, there may not be hope for those on trial in Washington, D.C., where there's a corrupt jury pool, a corrupt prosecution, a corrupt judge, and a great big political issue that those in power are using toward their own ends. But we're not being accused in Washington, D.C. We're being accused falsely uh, in a rural county in Montana where there obviously are decent people, law-abiding people and patriots, because they came out to walk with us when we resumed this walk. And so I'm encouraged to see what the Lord's going to do. I think what's happened here is that there is a corrupt, good old boy system there in that county. Somehow this man who attacked us, uh, I mean, brother, <laughs> it's almost laughable. Uh, this guy has a reputation for the exact same type of behavior he exhibited that day. And, you know, it's a small town. So as we continue our walk and transit in and out of Ennis, the, the closest community, you, you kind of wonder, are you going to run into this guy? I don't want to run into this guy. I have no desire to run into this guy. But it's a small community. And so we're all, always watching our back. But we know where we can go. And we know where we can shop because there's establishments there in town that this man has been banned from entering. Wow. There's a particular gas station where we can go and get a coffee and fill up. And we don't have to worry about him showing up because they kicked him out of the place. Now, did, they didn't ago. kick him out uh, according to what happened with you and the interaction with you. They've done this because this guy has a history of behaving oh, yeah. like oh, this, yeah. right? It was something involving a girl and an employee. You know, there's a lumber yard in the area yep. where he's not allowed to set foot on. So, I mean, we're talking. I've never been kicked out of an establishment in my life where I was told that I could never come back. So I don't know what that's like. But we even have protections there in Ennis where we can go. And if my daughter needs to go fill up on gas while I'm walking, she can go to this particular gas station. And we don't have to worry about this maniac showing up. And, uh. You know, so that's the situation there. There are neighbors that live in fear of this man that keep firearms by the door because they're afraid he's going to barge in. I don't know why a man like that would have a connection to the sheriff's department. Uh, there's a history. Of I do. <laughs> I've got an idea <laughs> well, why. We can, we, we, we can have our suspicions. There's obviously something going on, uh, you know, at that little motel. I don't know. I mean, it's just. The whole situation is very strange. My daughter and Carter had been parked at that spot for about 40 to 45 minutes before we walked up and never saw anyone. And then it just happens to be at the moment I walk up with the cross, this individual pulls up from the north 
which is the opposite direction we are traveling. So he wouldn't have passed us by. He so suddenly shows up at that moment talking about our kinds not being welcome in Montana. Well, how did he even know what our kind is unless we'd been seen out on that highway? So we were yeah. targeted. His buddies that came on the scene and threatened to kill us, uh, these so-called eyewitnesses who couldn't get their story straight, talked about seeing us on the highway. The cops seemed to know a whole lot about us before they even heard it from our own mouth. And, uh, you know, we're dealing with the sheriff's department. I had people come up to me there in Ennis as we walked through. People that I had never met before. I didn't know them from a can of paint. I had someone come up to me and thank me for taking a stand. Amen. And they were, this person was a victim of something horrible at the uh, hands of a sheriff's deputy there in town. There have been allegations in that county uh, in, 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 in recent years of sexual misconduct involving officers. Uh, there's even been an allegation of rape against an officer. Now, that officer's not with the department anymore, but he certainly wasn't punished. He just was quietly put aside. Uh, you know, there was an individual that came up to me and thanked us for continuing our walk and knew the officers involved in our arrest by name and described them as the worst of the worst when it comes to law enforcement officers. Now, these are local people. Yeah. Jesse. These are not my opinions colored by my experience. Yeah. We had people describe our attacker. You know, went, in, you know, went into a local store. I know mm. the guy who attacked you by the way he was described as... Uh, a mad dog. He was described as a jerk. He was described as a troublemaker. He was described as a psycho. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Here's and what I want to. Yeah, here's what I want to do, Jesse. I want to put this out real quick. Again, you guys can continue to help Jesse uh, in this because he still got the court case. You can call the Montana's uh, Attorney General's office at one eight hundred four nine eight six four five five. 1-800-498-6455. Let them know your displeasure with how they've done. Now, be kind, but be firm. And let them know the displeasure that you have about how Jesse and his family were treated. Uh, Jesse's site is also thelongwalkusa.com. Thelongwalkusa.com. That's where you can check him out. That's where you can follow what's going on there. And uh, Jesse, we appreciate you so much being on, getting up early and coming on and being with us. Hang on. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then we'll be back in the morning. We're going to look at more of this fulfillment, showing the Jews who fulfilled it all. Jesus, talk to you then. See you.